Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen, along with Alex King. Today is Wednesday, July the 3rd, 2019. It is 4 p.m. in New York, 1 p.m. in Los Angeles, 9 p.m. in London, 6 a.m. in Sydney, Australia, and 5 a.m. in Tokyo. But we're with LOA today, your daily dose of happy. And Cindy Chavez is uh, on a little bit of a summer vacation for the next couple of weeks. So Alex has graciously agreed to sit in for her. We appreciate that so much, Alex. Yeah, for the next cruise, people. <laughs> there we go. And we will be getting back to Neville once uh, Cindy returns, of course. But uh, we're, we're de-Nevilleizing for a couple of weeks here. We're just going to just chat about stuff that's outside of the Neville universe, which uh, for Nevilleites almost doesn't exist. But is it really outside of the universe? Universe. Well, actually, it's all internal. Mm. See, from ne- the way Neville teaches, everything is based on I am. It's based on your consciousness. You know, so uh, the, the phrase being everything is you pushed out. Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay, right. so. <laughs> so today we're going to deviate from the you pushed out and actually join the world. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, we, we actually, we've been talking about what kind of a topic to have for today, and you had a good idea. We should be updating people on what's going on with uh, the project, the audio yes. play that we've been working on for, God, was it, is it four or five months now? We started, I think we, we created the idea in February, I want to say. Yeah, so that's almost five months. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, this, this has been quite the thing. <laughs> it has been. And we're getting really close. We're getting really close. I mean, uh, we've just finished doing the raw recordings with our wonderful cast. And uh, now I'm in the process of trying to sort out literally hundreds of different sound clips, hundreds and hundreds of them, and relabel them and rename them so we can actually make sense out of them. And then you and me and PJ have to go through and decide which ones are we going to use, which ones are we going to Mm -hmm. say no thank you to, and which ones (laughs) we're going to borrow from. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So there's still work to be done, but, boy, we're getting close. We're getting a whole lot closer than we were. And it's exciting. It's really cool. It is exciting, yes. It's fun because we talk here on the show a lot about how manifestation works and how manifestation starts out as a thought. And the Mm -hmm. thought, the more that we focus on it and apply some feeling to it, becomes a belief. And then the belief over time hardens into reality. And we're experiencing that. We're Mm -hmm. experiencing it like every single molecule along the way. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. It, it's really something. It's fun. Yeah. And the reason I picked the, the, this topic for today is because it actually goes a lot deeper than I realized. What do you mean? Meaning the whole Grass is Greener project actually, if I really thought about it, started back when I was 16. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's been a whole, it's been a whole adventure. It's been coming a, lo- a long time coming. So it's all kind of fitting together in ways that you didn't anticipate when you first said, yeah, let's do that. Right. And then it's like later on in life, it's like, oh, snap. <laughs> <laughs> they all, all the Legos connect. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's cool when that happens. It's fun. Yeah. Because then you can kind of look back at the, the chain of events and the chain of ideas and so forth and realize that there was actually some method to all the chaos. Right. That's what I wanted to talk about today is the whole chain of events that got us here. That got us here. All right. That's good. (laughs) Well, then, before we do that, let's do the messages, the promos, so that uh, we can remind people who are not yet subscribers to become subscribers. And, and by the way, people are doing it along, you know, but uh, over the last few weeks, especially since um, since we really went from uh, two shows a day to one show a day. Yeah. I just couldn't handle anymore. (laughs) (laughs) It's <laughs> like, no, stop. <laughs> Much as I like it. It, it. It's like the old joke, stop, don't, stop, don't, stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But uh, it was a good thing to, to stop doing two a day and get it down to one a day because of my right. things, we actually are now getting substantially more people listening to mm-hmm. each episode. Right. So basically, this was us not only trying to cut down on the stress on Walt, but also mm-hmm. uh, cut down on the stress on listeners who are trying to follow all the episodes, and now they can listen to them. Yeah, now we're orange juice with concentrate. That's right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No must, no fuss. Yeah. 
So if you're not yet subscribing, this is a long way of saying you ought to become a subscriber because, well, first of all, you get all, all five episodes that we do every week. Second of all, you'll actually now have time to listen to all five episodes because we aren't doing ten. And mm-hmm. all, they're great. Let's be honest. This is a great show. And we have a lot of fun doing it. All of the co-hosts who are involved contribute all kinds of interesting information and insights and ideas and so forth. I mean, it's, it's, it's just a lot of fun. So to become a subscriber, go to the homepage of our website, LOAToday.net. You'll find the instructions right at the top, designed for the device that you're connecting with. Follow the instructions. It's just basically a, a wizard kind of click and follow the steps by default. And when you're done, you'll be subscribed. And then make sure that you share on social media with anyone you might know who you think might be interested, the fact that you're your daily dose are happy with LOA today. And while you're at it, you might also watch us on YouTube because we are now live streaming to YouTube. We have been first mm-hmm. just like we were live streaming previously to Facebook. And uh, with YouTube, of course, uh, you can subscribe there as well, and you can get notified. Tell people how they can get notified, Alex. Well, if you go to YouTube and you search for LOA Today podcast videos, you will see us and our smiling faces, and then you click the subscribe button, underneath our smiling faces and next to the subscribe button there is a little bell and you click that bell and you'll be notified every time we go live and get more of our smiling faces yes yeah. <laughs> and so, please give us a thumbs up on your on our smiling faces <laughs> yes yes the, the thumbs up actually helps get more and more people aware of us of, of what yes. we're doing of the LOA today podcast and that's how we get more subscribers and that's how it just keeps building and building and building and it also helps us know which episodes you like and which subjects yes. you'd rather not hear us talk about. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it, it, the feedback is actually really helpful just by yes. how many times people are viewing each episode. Yeah. And I'm encouraged to say that so far most of the episodes, the, the numbers just keep increasing. Mm-hmm. So that means people must be liking it. Yes. If, if this does not apply to you, just send, us <laughs> a note. send it to Alex at LOA today. <laughs> I think I need my my own LOA email just for stuff that I, just stuff that I say. We can create that. Ooh, don't oh don't toy with me now. I'm not. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. We can we can actually set it up so that it forwards automatically to your regular email address. Oh, shut up. Okay. Yeah. All right. I like it. After the show for you. Yeah. <laughs> so it really is Alex at LOAToday.net. That's how you reach it. It's A-L-Y-X for those of you who are not reading the bottom yes, of the screen. It's true, yes, A-L-Y-X. <laughs> this is the unusual spelling of Alex because Alex yes. is an unusual person, so of course she has to have an spelling. I'm not unusual. I'm original. Well, original usually is unusual, actually. Okay, all right. I'll agree with that. I'll co-sign. <laughs> really? I'll co-sign. <laughs> when it's original, it's almost, that, well, actually, it is unique at that point. Yes. Until yes. somebody copies it. but Yes. Yes. <laughs> so how many people have copied your name, I have to ask? Actually, I Facebooked it once, and I think there's like three other Alexes, but two of them are guys, even with a Y. And I was like, hmm, okay, well, it's still me. <laughs> well, then you're going to have to do some research to find out who got the name first. Ooh, I didn't do birthdays on their Facebook. I didn't Facebook stock them like I usually do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, I'll get on that. Because once you've got that proven, then you can file for a patent. <laughs> Ooh, that's what I told my mother she should have did when I was born. Final patent. Hello. I'm a caramel freckled sparkly unicorn. There you go. <laughs> With rabbit ear headphones. I mean, what more could you ask? <laughs> <laughs> they, they ought to light up when you do that or something. Uh, well, they can if I do this. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. You got to catch the, the light just right. <laughs> So let's talk about the uh, the way that the grass is greener really originated, because we thought all along that it originated last February, but from what you're saying, it actually originated a number of years ago. At least in my life. I don't know about your side of the story, but let me tell you. Okay, so for me, it started, uh, I was 16 years old. I was in English this this uh, great English class with like the only black teacher at our school, and she was amazing. Mm-hmm. And she assigned us this creative writing project, and I did not... I hated writing. Um, not a fan. <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to take this project and I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it my way. So it, I think it was like, take your favorite show and turn it in, into a, a something and, or turn it into an episode, an original episode. So at the time, my favorite show was SpongeBob. So I took SpongeBob and I let, you know, basically wrote about him going throughout his day, but he was having the worst day ever. Mm. So everything, he would stub his toe and he would swear, but, 
the creative part was he would swear, but he would swear with like underwater themes. So he would be like barnacles or like, you know, like stuff like that. So my, my uh, teacher thought that was so creative that she like read it to the class. I got oh, bored and everything. So she was like, I'd really like to talk to you about creative writing. I really think you have a gift. And so that's when that started. And then it got me thinking like my life is very interesting. My family life anyway. And crazy things happen. I was like, I should, someone should read this one day. And I had the visualization of me sitting on the couch as I, as I decided to, to start writing this up. I had the visualization of me sitting on Oprah's couch. I was back when she actually had a show and, <laughs> and explaining how I came up with the book and who the characters are and, you know, the backstory and all that. And then that led me to maybe I shouldn't do this because then the rest of my family might get embarrassed. Because then if I, even if I create it as a fictional story, they're going to be like, oh, okay, but I know who she's talking about. So now. TMZ is going to be like, oh, okay, well, this is her sister. Let's follow her around for a while and see what she does. <laughs> She's actually so-and-so in the book. And so <laughs> that whole dream, I was like, all right, let's put that away for a while. Yeah. Then I got into comedy later in life in, in my 20s. And so I was writing my own um, my own um, skits and stuff like that. So it kept going. Creative writing stuck with me for a while. And then um, something else happened. There was another snow there was another um thing oh oh and then the whole idea for our uh audio play started happening in real life mm -hmm. to a friend of a friend of mine oh, no. yeah so i didn't realize that this was going to be the basis of our audio play i just i was just like i was just listening for the drama i was like girl mm -mm. and so, so actually when when we were uh, putting together the first episode you were drawing from real life yes Yes. Which is actually a good thing for a writer to do. I mean, the yes. best writers do that all the time. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So there was that. And then along came uh, Shonda Rhimes, who is like my idol. And she's just the the executive producer of ABC. Like all her shows are on ABC. <laughs> They're all super duper successful. They've all had at least 100 episodes, mm. before, you know, and Grey's Anatomy is most the well-known one. And it's it's going on 15 years now. So... I was like, yeah, I, I want to be Shonda Rhimes. I want to live that Shonda Rhimes life. So I was watching specials on her. She was on Oprah's couch. And so I was like, yeah. So I was like, yeah, this is, this could be a thing. And then you brought the idea to me. And I was like, oh, I have so many ideas. <laughs> Let's start this now. <laughs> and I was very glad about that enthusiasm, too. Yeah. That's what I was looking for. That's literally right. what I was looking for was who was going to get enthusiastic about it. Right. And I was glad that anybody, I thought nobody was going to get enthusiastic. That was my fear. So when mm. you got all jazzed, I said, oh, thank God. Maybe this is going to I mean, well, we actually have to backtrack to how we met. Mm -hmm. And and so um, I had taken a hiatus. Like, it's been a 10-year hiatus from comedy. Mm -hmm. And then I saw your ad on Facebook saying, I'm looking for comedians for a law of attraction. Wait, wait, wait. Backtrack to how I learned about law of attraction. Okay. So I was working, I was working for, um, this, this hair company and I was traveling around the country teaching different hairstylists how to use our products. Uh -huh. And my boss, someone introduced her to the secret. So she was like, well, you're, you're 22. You got to learn these things now so you can be successful in life and blah, blah, blah. So she got me into Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and then she got me into The Secret. And I, I didn't care for Rich Dad, Poor Dad, but, uh, you know, The Secret, it was, like, interesting because I'm like, oh, okay, so there is ways you can make things happen for yourself. I was like, all right. Then I had forgot about it after a while, after I had quit the job, and I was like, because everything we talked about, we were like, oh, law of attraction. Oh, mm -hmm. like, <laughs> so, but after stop working with her, I stopped thinking about it. And then, and then again, the ad came up and I was like, love attraction. Why does that sound familiar? And then I was like, Oh my God, when I was 22. Okay. Yes. I was like, so let me, let me talk to this guy and see what happens. And then here I am. <laughs> yeah. And at the time, uh, this is kind of an interesting side, aside to the whole thing. Mm -hmm. at the time, um, we were going through some changes. Some of the co-hosts that I had at that point were deciding they needed to move on and do some other stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was realizing that I wanted to keep the, at that point, I wanted to keep the twice a day uh, schedule going. Right. 
And in order to do that, I would need to have more co-hosts even than what I had already had. Mm-hmm. And I needed to have something to shake things up because I was with the show was kind of a little bit in the doldrums, not a lot. I mean, we still had some good shows going on, uh-huh. but a few of the, the weekly episodes were not quite really hitting for me. Mm-hmm. And I figured, well, why not bring somebody in with a comedic background? Cause mm-hmm. I, I like to crack up a little bit and, and, and crack a few lines. It'd be nice to have somebody else who could do it even better than I could. <laughs> and I'm sure there are a lot of those people out there. So why not? <laughs> uh, so I reached out and I got you and uh, I got Mark. He was with us for a while. I got Carlos mm-hmm. with us for a little while, but you're the one who's stuck. And at the time I had no idea it was going to turn into a project. Right. A few months later, I found that article um, about the, uh, the company that had been started by the producer of one of the television shows on the public broadcasting system here mm-hmm. in the United States. And he had gone off and launched his own podcast network and had sold it to Spotify for $230 million. And when I saw $230 million, I sat up and took notice. I said, <laughs> well, dang, that's a nice number. I like that number. I wonder if somebody right. can replicate that or even Nice, nice round number. I like it. <laughs> I, I, I can live with that. Did a little yeah. research. And uh, <laughs> I, I really need to change this part of the story because it, it's a little bit bad-mouthing of what I found in those those other shows. So i got to change it a little bit. Let's just say I thought I could do a little bit better. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I thought I could do a little bit better, even though I had never created uh, a fictional podcast in my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I ever come was writing a novel and, and it had sold 26 copies. So, you know, it hadn't really <laughs> a bestseller, shall we say. <laughs> oh, goodness. So, you know, it was a little bit ambitious. I, I, right. I, I was getting a little audacious. Let's put it that mm. way. Okay, you know, but um, I figured, hey, why not? You know, because the, the bar, quite honestly, was set a little bit low, and I figured, mm-hmm. hey, you know, I have as much of a chance as anybody else. Right. And then I brought it up with you, and it was interesting. This was this was clearly a law of attraction moment because mm-hmm. like you said you had had that previous experience with yeah. law of attraction, but also you had an acting background and mm-hmm. you had a comedic background and mm-hmm. you had a writing background. Yeah. This is great. This is exactly the way things are supposed to work. I'm supposed yep. to put it out there, and then it just comes in in spades. Yeah. That's when I knew we were on the right track. Yeah. And we hadn't even written anything yet. <laughs> no, we didn't. We hadn't written the thing. It was, it it was, was months it, before we were like, all right, what do we actually want to do? <laughs> in the sky at that point. Right. But then we had, uh, I decided to just do a show on it and uh, Tom Wells got involved and we ended right. up um, coming up with some basic concepts for how dysfunctional we could make the characters. And mm-hmm. and then it just started to happen after that. And I found that my own, th- the skills that I'm really best at where we're coming to the fore, I'm good at keeping projects going. I'm like a project manager type. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm the one who says, Alex, we really need to start writing a script here. Alex, you know, we need to do this and. PJ. And I love deadlines, so just tell me when and where, and I'm there. <laughs> right, there you know, so, you know, it, everything's dovetailed, which has been very, yeah. very It's been good. Yeah. I think we've actually got something. We do. We definitely do. You know? Like, legit, and I'm saying this from a TV point of view, I would watch this. I would watch this show. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, you can listen to it because it doesn't have any video. Yet. I'm saying. <laughs> I am, I am predicting this will be on TV one day. You have plans for this. Okay. Yes, I do. We okay. are, we are going to be doing big things. Have we you, will be on Oprah's couch. Have you passed the video version? <laughs> I have not. I have, however, thought. Long and hard, if there was a movie about my life, who I would want to play me. (laughs) (laughs) It changes year to year based on hairstyles, weight, and uh, (laughs) eyebrows. I had no idea eyebrows. Listen, eyebrows can make or break your entire look. So. I'll take your word for it. They're very important. Okay. If if you notice, I know you don't notice other women because you're married to Louise or whatever, but. If you notice a woman and you... She is a woman, you know. Well, I know, but I'm saying, like, (laughs) other women, mostly millennials who are doing crazy things with their eyebrows. That I had noticed. See? See? And that that can... I didn't understand it, but I had uh noticed. Yeah, it's it's a it's a whole thing, and people are overdoing it, and it's it's ruining your entire look, sis. Listen, it's ruining your entire look. Don't do the most. Do not do the most. And that's my PSA for the day. (laughs) <laughs> well, well, I'd like to uh, get a little extra opinion out of you about this because okay. it's eyebrows. I've also noticed cats are the other thing. 
And tattoos, I'll, I'll tell you quite bluntly, I have never liked tattoos. <gasps> I have never, ever liked them. Well, then we can't be friends because I have tattoos. So. Okay. Well, thank you very much for listening. We'll see you all next time. Here. <laughs> <laughs> you can send all your tattoo complaints to Walt at LOA.net. <laughs> No, I, I've just never really liked them. I think partly because the first tattoos I saw were on, like, you know, ex-sailors who, right. you know, mm-hmm. they, they'd been living with the tattoos for 35 years, and, and the original tattoo had kind of sagged into something unrecognizable. Right. Yeah, so it, it really wasn't terribly attractive to me. Yeah, but now it's a whole art form, and now it's totally different. And, and tattoos are actually a, requ- a requirement for me. Um, on my dating p- profiles, <laughs> really, but it depends on the type of tattoos, like prison tattoos up to your neck. I'm not for it, but like a nice sleeve. I can. Yeah. Um, if you wear glasses, have a beard and have tattoos, holla at me at Alex at LOA.net. <laughs> okay. Well then I got to ask you, what is it about tattoos? It's just, it's just so artistic. And then it's like you, Every usually tattoos have meaning, so it's like, okay, why do you get this tattoo, and what is it? What does this mean to you? And you yeah. know, so it's it's a com- it's a it's a table. What is it? What is it? Coffee table book. That's what it is. But I, I always manage to have conversations without tattoos, so I'm wondering why the tattoos became necessary. I don't know. I became necessary, but it it turned into an art form. It's like it's like someone is the artist is is using you as a canvas. So it's like it's like when you go to the museum and you look at beautiful art, and you're like, oh, it's gorgeous. It's the same thing, except now it's mo- it's mobile. It's on your body. I mean, if, if people learned how to do their own tattooing and they were doing their own drawings or whatever, I, that would actually make some more sense to me. But like you said, some you, people do. Do they? Yeah. Okay. Well, that, that at least makes some sense to me. I mean, mm-hmm. at the very least, do your own sketch to give to the tattoo artist so they can yeah. do your oh, sketch. That's, you know? Yeah, that was, that's definitely that, a big thing. That was at least yours in some way. You actually came up with it. You, you created it. Well, that's how most tattoos are done nowadays. Either that or you, if you're not good at that, like you collaborate with the tattoo artist who is a good sketch artist and you describe what you want, what you want it to say and, and how it makes you feel and, and stuff like that. And then it, they put it all into the tattoo. And now here, here's the other thing that really gets me about tattoos. So I want to see what you're going to say about this. <laughs> uh, tattoo is, unless you're willing to go through laser surgery, it's there for life. What if Pretty you, much. Later and on, laser later surgery on. is painful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it isn't even 100% complete. It, it, no. It's residue behind. Right. You know, so you're basically making a decision for life. So what if you are, are dating so-and-so, and then, you know, five years later, you're done? Thank you. <laughs> I have to agree with you on this one because I disagree with couple tattoos. I mean, to a point, couple tattoos, like if you want to get like, like my, my sister and her husband, they had like, he, he got the lock and she got the key. So that could be anything. You know what I mean? Even if, you know, when they break up, that can be anything. But if you get in people's initials and like your anniversary dates and stuff like that, like you just jinxed yourself to breaking up. I'm sorry. And it's, <laughs> <laughs> like there's a, um, I watch Love Love and Hip not Love and Hip Hop Atlanta, sorry, um, Housewives of Atlanta. And this this one girl is dating this well, she's engaged now to this guy who tattooed every girl he ever dated name somewhere on his body. And they're like so her friends are like, You don't feel weird about that? She's like, They all taste the same. I was like, Oh <laughs> Okay. <laughs> This is the, what, what I would put into the category of TMI, but maybe not. <laughs> there is no TMI on my episode. Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Note to self, be very careful about what you say to Alex. It's, it's like going on. I have a shirt that says that. <laughs> I have a shirt that says I should have came with a warning label. <laughs> yes. My mom bought me that shirt. <laughs> Your mom was very wise. I give her yes, credit. she is. The, the thing, the other thing about tattoos for me is that they are. How do I, how do I go after this? It, it's almost like the person who's saying it is saying, "This is my life." The, the, the look at this tattoo. This tattoo represents who I am. Yeah. And the, the problem I have with that is, I don't know about you. My goal throughout life was to keep growing and changing. I don't want to be locked into what I was when I was fifteen. Well, you're not. That's what. That's the whole point of multiple tattoos. Is is as you grow and change, so do your tattoos. 
Yeah, often in ways that we don't particularly like. <laughs> the skin stretches out and funny things happen to them. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that can happen. That can happen. Yeah. <laughs> but it also depends on where on the body. Like, I would get, I would never get a tattoo where I know my skin's going to sag one day. Mm. So, you know, like, I, I when when I'm 80 and my nieces and nephews are getting ready to bury me, I want to be like, what was that? What did that used to be? <laughs> but, but ultimately, isn't that every part of the body? Not necessarily. Not your shoulder blade, not your forearm, not your ankles. Um, where else? Let me see. Anywhere the skin is really thin. You really, you really don't have to worry about, about, so, uh, so stretching. Because anywhere the skin is thin, that's where it's going to be. That's where it hurts the most. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And that fits in with Louise's theory about tattoos. Louise's theory is that tattoos is about a form of self-abuse. Some people it is. Some people enjoy the pain, and that's their reason for going. They, they become addicted to the pain, and that's for reason them for getting more tattoos. But for other people, it's like, for me, it's, it's, it's a symbol. Like, um, I have, two tattoos that I want to get coming up. Um, one is the always keep fighting symbol for, for supernatural. And it's basically saying, you know, you, you've been in a hard place, but you've got to keep fighting and get through life. And then the other tattoo I want to get is um, the, the symbol for I survived suicide, which is a, basically it's a, it's a semicolon. It's a semicolon. Mm-hmm. So it, Basically, it's it's the period means the suicide, but the colon means it's not over yet. Okay. So yeah. I'm thinking about that one. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'm certainly glad that you got past suicide. That's a good thing. Yes, yes, yeah. I do preach that. I, yes. <laughs> I, can, I can see there's some value in in memorializing that. Let's say yeah. mm-hmm. that's a that's a significant milestone. That's a marker. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so remembering those markers can be a good thing. Mm-hmm. Now, I, the, the, the third area, I guess, is this third? I think it's the third one. The third area about tattoos that gives me a little bit of a hard time mm-hmm. is that I, I believe that most often people are getting them when they are most... Intoxicated? Well, that happens to sure. <laughs> That's not actually what I had in mind. No, <laughs> I mean, we go through development as humans, right? right? And the younger that we are, the more life lessons we're about to learn. The older yep. we are, the more life lessons we've been through. Mm-hmm. And if we're earlier in life, we're more likely to be codependent. We're more likely to have you know, various kinds of, of situations where we're in LOA terms, we're out of alignment with ourselves. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And then over time, hopefully, we're learning and we're yep. getting better and getting healthier and healthier and healthier. Mm-hmm. My concern is that the decisions about tattooing are usually made in the early stages when we are least healthy. The, 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 the real tattoo people who are like really into the game, they take their time to think about, okay, first of all, this is permanent. So if it's going to be done, it's going to be done right. And how, how do I want to represent this moment? And you you take a couple of months, maybe to a year, to think about, do I really want this tattoo? Do I really want this represented on my body forever? The answer is yes. After a year, then get it. If you're thinking, hmm, I'm drunk. I feel like getting happy birthday balloons on my back. Let's do it. <laughs> That's why most of the time, well, I can't say in most places, at least in Massachusetts, if you are intoxicated, you cannot get a tattoo. Oh, okay. Well, that's a little encouraging. Yes. But there's still the fact that, I mean, that might be the ideal way to go mm-hmm. at it. And then, by the way, I don't know how we end up talking about tattoos as our major topic. <laughs> Me neither. We're supposed to be talking about the genesis of the grass is greener. but um, Right. <laughs> we'll get to back to that in a moment. Um, but as as I look at how tattoo the tattoo cycle has gone, Mm-hmm. It doesn't strike me that the overwhelming majority of people who've gotten tattoos have taken a year to figure it out. I'm saying my generation. <laughs> that's that's all I can account for. Well, the one that's doing all the tattooing. <laughs> Not necessarily. There's there's older people doing tattoos and or get, and then also people are covering up old tattoos or again or retattooing what they have, you know, so they don't get that old saggy sailor navy thing on their arm. You know, you got you to update those things and keep them colored in so it's not like, because, you know, blue turns to gray. It's it's a problem. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you got you to keep up with it. 
it's a it's a lifetime commitment. I mean, we're talking about people who have trouble making lifetime commitments to a life partner. Right. <laughs> You right. Know, want to make a lifetime commitment to a tattoo that they can't divorce? <laughs> <laughs> but you think about it as a lesson learned. Like, okay, you know what? Yeah. I I don't like ladybugs on my feet. Mm. Well, now I know. In your face every time that you take a shower. <laughs> True, but it's the same thing with marriage. Like, if you finally deciding, you know what? This was not the one for me. Well, now it's in your face every day. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you divorce her or him, you can leave yeah. that person behind. The Wait, tattoo's there forever. Forget it. Well, the tattoos, you can cover them up or get them removed. Yeah, we we already know what kind of pain's involved with that. So Well, no, I've said you obviously don't have a problem with pain if you're getting this many tattoos. So. Well, that's the other thing. That's the other reason I didn't want to do a tattoo. I have no interest in pain. That's not there, – there's plenty of pain in the world. I don't need to add to it. <laughs> but tattoo, depending on where on your body, tattoo pain is not that bad. And especially if, when you get to the coloring in process, it – it's it's you brought a your body reacts and goes numb. Somehow that doesn't seem like an endorsement, but okay, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm pro tattoos, you're non tattoos. It's cool, we're still yeah, friends. That's all right. <laughs> well, that's an improvement actually, because ten minutes ago you said I couldn't be your friend, so. <laughs> well, I got to hear your side of it, and that's how life should work. That's true. That's you true. the other person's side. And we managed to do it without getting pissed at each other. That's a big yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm a little salty. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm low-key not talking to you for the next, what, what time's the podcast tomorrow? <laughs> We're talking hours. Okay, I got it. So let's get back to the play, to the audio play, the yes. grass cleaner, because we, we've laid out what the, the pre-genesis was. Mm-hmm. But the way you were telling it, it sounds like it's been like an ongoing, um, not just a development, but also a growth pattern. Yes, yes. It's been, it's been in the works for like 30 years. <laughs> no, what? I'm lying, because then I would have been five. Um, <laughs> although <laughs> I was really good in kindergarten. I'm, I don't know what happened, but, you know, I was, I was creative then too. But so what kind of growth are we talking about? And I'm thinking in terms of the idea of pursuing a passion. Because that's what we're really doing here. We're doing this because we're both passionate about it. Yes. It's not, somebody's handing us a bunch of bucks. Steven Spielberg yeah. is not executive producing this and handing us a million dollars to go make this. Exactly. This is not yeah. about the money for us, obviously, yeah. or we wouldn't be doing it. Well, eventually we hope it is. but Well, yeah. but that's not the reason. No. You know, that's the goal, but not the reason. <laughs> if that was the reason, we would have quit weeks ago. <laughs> right. We're like, this is too hard, and I'm not even getting a dollar. <laughs> But it's an important piece, and it's the piece yeah. that we talk about a lot, the piece mm-hmm. of finding what you really love doing. It took me a long time to find what I love doing. I mean, the first- I'm just finding it now, and thanks to you. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> but I feel like I've found that a lot in different areas of my life. So, like, you know, when I was doing comedy, like, that was my thing, and that was that was my passion. That was my future. When I was doing hair, that was my passion. That was my future. And now here we are, and I'm – planning on being the next Shonda Rhimes. And I think mm-hmm. this is the last step. I think this is the, last, this is the final one. Uh, <laughs> I don't the last step, by the way. The last step is where you fall <laughs> for dead. I mean, there, there aren't any of the last steps, really. So, yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> but um, when you are going through the passion part of it, though, mm-hmm. that's the big thing. I mean, each one of those things that you mentioned, you mentioned the hairstyle, you mentioned the comedy. Mm-hmm. One of those were legitimate passions. Yes, that, we don't want to discount that. No, still passionate about them today, to this day. Yeah. 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 What you're doing is you're discovering a variety of passions. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's where the real phrase comes from. That's the real meaning of variety is the spice of life. It's really right. It. Yes. Not only is it the spice, it's actually the source. Yes. Experience everything. Mm-hmm. Yep. In moderation, depending on what you're doing. <laughs> moderation is usually a good idea. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you can't go wrong with moderation. You really can't. You really no. can't. No. no. And if you want to go further, you can go further, but now you have a place to go further from. That's true. If you go extreme, the only place to go is backward. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yep. So if you're pursuing a passion, first of all, congratulations for doing that, listener. Mm-hmm. And second of all, follow the example of Sudbury Kids. A Sudbury kid is somebody who attends an alternative model school called a Sudbury school where the kids okay. are charge of their entire day. Uh-huh. There are no required 
uh, classes. There are no exams, no grades, nothing like that. They just pursue their passions. Mm-hmm. And really what a Sudbury kid does in that kind of environment is, well, they do a lot of chatting. They do a lot of talking. Mm-hmm. They also do a lot of experimenting. Mm. And experiments can last like an hour, mm-hmm. <laughs> five minutes. I mean, they can yeah. go quickly. The, right. kid, the kid gets all excited about doing something, and 10 minutes later, he's forgotten about it. Yeah. <laughs> the parent's crazy. You know? Right. <laughs> But it's a legitimate way of learning how to find your passion because you have to sort through stuff. You have to just try a few things and see what happens. You got to dip your toe in every, you know, temperature of water to find out what you like. That's right. So the Sudbury model originated in the Framingham, Massachusetts area. Uh, Hey! There you go. (laughs) The Sudbury Valley School. And one of the great stories that comes out of that school is the story of the kids who got into plasticine. This was a quite a few years ago. What is plasticine? Plasticine is, is it's what it sounds like. It's, it's kind of like a, a cross between plastic and clay. It's, it's oh, okay. plastic. Mm-hmm. And they literally would make characters and oh. buildings and streets. They made an entire city huh. out of plasticine. Mm-hmm. And then they had a war and destroyed the whole thing. Nice. I, that's what I would have done. Yeah. <laughs> And if you if you're a traditional parent looking at that from the point of view of traditional education, you say, "What a waste of time that was." No, but not it's not a waste at all because of a few things. First, they were pursuing a passion. Yes, Second, they didn't feel like they had to be married for life to that passion. Right, right. They just had to pursue it. Mm-hmm. And in the course of doing this activity that was seemingly pointless, mm-hmm. they were actually learning a lot of things. For instance, yes. in a school like that. You have, the money just doesn't fall out of the tree. You actually have, you know, you have to apply for, for money through the various sources that are available in order to Mm -hmm. do your project or else you can't do the project. Right, right. So they had to do something that you wouldn't think normally they would have to do in a school where there are no required classes. They had to learn math. Mm. And they had to learn it quick. Mm, Yeah, not in school for me. Yeah. They had to learn how to manage stuff. They had to learn how to manage a project. Mm-hmm. That was unmanageable because everybody was just pursuing their thing together, but they had to mm. find a way to work together doing this thing. And they did. And they did it seamlessly because kids do that seamlessly if they're yes, left. They mm-hmm. You know, they, they had to learn communication skills. Yeah. I mean, you're working in a large group. You better learn how to communicate with each other or else you're going to piss each other off real quick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're actually learning a whole bunch of stuff along the way. Mm-hmm. And that's what's so cool about following your passion. Huh. And that's just at the school level. Right. Take that now to the adult level. Yeah. And look at all the things that come out of following your passion. Mm-hmm. And actually it would probably be more than we could list here on the show. Yeah. Because there's so many different kinds of passions. Just to make one up. Or just, well, actually, I'll just pick one. My own. But the first big passion in my life was doing the LOA Today show. Other mm-hmm. than my life. And that, that the, doing that show was the first time that I actually was doing an activity I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how else to describe it. It was astonishing. Literally, I'd been grown, brought up in the generation that believed in the idea of hard work. We were mm-hmm. taught hard work. We were yes. taught work hard all your life. You will be rewarded. You will experience the American dream. <laughs> you know, the two and a half kids and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, picket fence and all that jazz. And I went through all that. I did it for up through college and then another 20 years after that. And then uh, I met Louise and then another 10 years after that. And I got nowhere. Not that mm-hmm. I was hard. I worked very hard. Mm-hmm. I, I built up a business. I was yeah. out designing we- and, and developing websites and helping people with online marketing and so forth. Mm-hmm. And I hated it. Yeah. I really, it wasn't your passion. It wasn't. It wasn't. You had no heart in it. I, and yet I, I did literally what they talked about. I put my nose to the grindstone. Yep. I mean, I worked really hard. I developed a customer base and so forth, but I didn't love it. And mm-hmm. as a result, it was a successful failure. Mm-hmm. In other words, it supported us barely. Yeah. But it was a nightmare. Mm. It was an absolute nightmare. So mm-hmm. all of my working life, and even before I went out on my own, I was working uh, in various companies doing computer work because this was back in the day when most people didn't know how to even use a computer or even how a computer worked or what it was. Right. I actually knew how to do this stuff. So I got work based on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there were no 
there were no certifications. There, there were no classes to take. You just kind of learned it on your own and then you got hired. Yeah. <laughs> but so that's what I did. But there was no passion there either. I didn't right. love it. I didn't love it. My brother loves it. Mm. My brother became a software engineer. He absolutely lives for it. Mm. He's currently working on um, uh, helping rocket ships go into space. He's working for NASA. Yeah. I have a, I have a friend who works for NASA. Okay. He's also helping build the ships. <laughs> well, he's writing the, he writes some of the code that helps actually do the launches. So. Nice. Yeah. They yeah. may know each other. <laughs> That's possible. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, but the, you got to think all the stuff that you learned with your nose to the grindstone and, and while you weren't loving it is coming in handy today. No doubt about it. So, I mean, because no without no your skills. <laughs> no, absolutely. There's no such thing as a bad route. Right. All the good routes. Mm-hmm. The question here is, are you following the passion so that you are enjoying it to yeah. the highest possible degree? And that's, that's where I was falling short. I wasn't enjoying it. Uh, uh, life was not fun, and life got more and more unfun as time went on. And that can make people miserable and then make them miserable to other people, not yep. wanting to be around them, and then that's why they end up dying alone. It, well, that's one possibility. The other possibilities are uh, there are like three different main categories that draw people into law of attraction. Mm-hmm. Money, relationships, mm-hmm. health, careers, those are, those are like the biggies. Yeah. And for me, I mean, fortunately, I had a great relationship and still have a great relationship with Louise. Mm-hmm. That got us through an awful lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But where we did pay the price was with money. I mean, yeah. I, when I left working for somebody else for a living, I actually mm-hmm. had pretty good money coming in for my businesses. Good enough to certainly live on very comfortably. Okay. Within a year after leaving, the industry that I had built my first website in was the long distance business. Mm-hmm. And that, that, was, that had the crash of 2000. Ah, and it was just one bad thing after another. It was all spiraling downward. Yeah. And I didn't know it at the time. I didn't understand why everything I picked was going wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was going wrong because I didn't have any passion behind it. And right. because I had no passion, I just became more and more resentful. And as I became more and more resentful, I was more out of alignment. And as I was yep. more out of alignment, bad things would happen financially. Mm-hmm. And it just, it just spiraled continuously for years mm-hmm. and years. Let me tell you, that wears on your psyche a little bit. It does, yeah. <laughs> it yeah. really does. Yeah. So the passion part is crucial. Crucial. And even though I did not, and still not to this day, have an income coming from doing the LOA, pack, well, LOA Today podcast, mm-hmm. I'm so glad that I'm doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I recommend to anybody, follow passions regardless of what happens with income, regardless mm-hmm. of what happens with relationships, regardless mm-hmm. of what happens to your health, regardless of any of that. Follow them because they are passions. I think I got a mixture of both of those because my father was very, um, you know, you got to work, you got to pay bills, but, you know, do it on your own terms. Mm-hmm. Like, work for yourself. And my mother was way into law of attraction way before it was a thing. So, like, I guess I've been taught it all my life and just didn't know it. Good for you, though. It's good. But, yes, they've always supported us in no matter what we wanted to do, um, as long as you had, A, a backup plan, and, B, um, you were passionate about what you wanted to do. Like, I was very – my mother was very – what is the term? I don't know. Don't don't work to live, live to work. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so, you know, it's like even if what you're doing isn't making you money right now, if you're passionate about it, the money will come. I see. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that makes some sense. But, yeah, work with your whole heart and, and do do what you love. And it, cause, because and that was the other thing they told us is, is if you love doing it, it's not work. Mm-hmm. So it's, you're just living your life. It's true. It's true. And and the other thing, too, about following a passion is, let's say there is one area of the big three or big four that mm-hmm. gets a problem. Well, if you just keep pursuing it and going where life takes you and where your experiences take you, it can actually iron out to resolving that big issue. Yep. Without mm-hmm. your intending to necessarily. Yeah. That's why with, like my, with my mother's support and teachings and all that stuff in the back of my head, I'm always like, it'll be fine. It always mm-hmm. That's why I tell everybody, it, it always works out for me. It always works out for me. Like, I don't, not, I may sweat it in the moment, but then I, I remember, you live a pretty sweet life. Life always works out for you. It'll be, you'll be fine. That's a good <laughs> attitude. That's a yeah. really good attitude. That's mm-hmm. strong. Yeah, with an attitude like that, 
you really can't help but bring yourself back into alignment every time. Yeah. You can fall out. I mean, we all do that. Oh, yeah. 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 Everyone has that moment where they're like, oh, my God, why? But then, you know, you got to reel yourself back in. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's mm-hmm. true. So that, to me, is the other part of the tale. It's the tale that is not yet written. Yes. But I really – I believe that the Grass is Greener project is in some way going to continue the development of the things that it's already started on. It's, yeah. going, to, it's going to keep evolving. Mm-hmm. How it's going to evolve, I can't say. I certainly have my dreams about how it's going to evolve. Yes. Or you do too. Yeah. Uh, but I've also come to terms with the fact that it almost never works out the way I expected it to. No, but that's a, that's a, that's a good thing in this case. Well, I'm, uh, in this case, if it comes out the way I expected to, I'll be delirious. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm the opposite. Well, like, I, yeah, I'm, very, seeing, very <laughs> I'm seeing the biggest picture you can possibly see. So anything short of that, it'll be cool, but, you know. <laughs> well, cool. That's, that's yeah. I mean, because yeah. you don't want it to be a disappointment. Well, it's like you shoot you shoot for the stars, mm-hmm. and then you, you land among the sand. You're, you still landed soft. It's fine. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, that is good. Aim, aiming high and, and, you know, being celebratory about where you end up actually hitting. Yep. That's the main thing, really. Honey shook. I forgot to do the hashtags. <laughs> I was about to say honey suckle iced tea. <laughs> well, personally, life has not come to an end. <laughs> I will get email them to you later when I, when I recall the conversation. <laughs> The way I look at it, I'm still ahead of the curve because on those shows where you're not my co-host, I have to come up with my own anyway, and I do it at the end trying to remember, what did we talk about? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you come up with at least one now. It's a victory. <laughs> well, shoot for the moon, land, land among the stars is going to be one of them. That's a good one. I like that one. Yeah. I mean, I don't know who came up with that, but... It- I think you may have just now, but that's all right. No, I uh, feel like I've heard it before, but I'll I'll take I'll take it. <laughs> Why not? You know, that's not copyrighted. So <laughs> it is now. So let let's do a little wouldn't it be nice if dreaming. Okay. <gasps> I love this game. <laughs> we haven't played that together, you and I on the show, have we? We have, but it was months ago. It was months ago. I remember it was cold okay. in my living room. It was cold. <laughs> okay. All right. Well it's now warm. It's gotten yeah. hurt. <laughs> So wouldn't it be nice if this actually took off beyond our dreams? Yes. Yes. Wouldn't it be nice if we were working on the TV movie version of this? Oh, that be- way we can do a mini series as opposed to just a, a two hour movie. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, you've made it when you're doing a, uh, a two hour movie. True. Uh, based on a series, right? Because yeah. if the series has gone on long enough and you are now want, have fans who are wanting you to do the two-hour movie, it means you got a lot of fans. Mm-hmm. And they're really happy and they're, they're, they're very disappointed that the series is coming to a close or that you Hashtag haven't... Hashtag Supernatural. Yeah, there you go. Um, so, yeah, that's always a, a big sign. But wouldn't it be nice if... Well, actually, I'm not even going to say if. Won't it be nice when... When, We have yes. tens of thousands of people who are fans of The Grass is Greener. Won't it be nice when we're sitting on Oprah's Super Soul Sunday <laughs> discussing this very podcast of how we began? That would be something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that one. Yeah. Wouldn't it be nice with uh, if Steven Spielberg and Oprah Winfrey decide to invest in the next project? Ooh. <laughs> I like that one. They're going to be in a fight, though, because we've got strong ideas. And we're... we're we do. It's hard to um, shuffle us around unless it's us that is agreeing on it. So, but, but I'm just saying, of uh, the movies that I can think of where they have co-produced, I mm-hmm. can't think of one that was a lemon. Well, um, I don't know if Steven Spielberg was a part of it, but uh, what was it's is my favorite favorite book, um, A Wrinkle in Time, was Oprah's. I don't. I feel like Steven Spielberg had. I can't remember if he was in on that one. Mm, I can't either. But that would have been a situation where. But well, then, you know, there's a very high level of success when the two collaborate on yep. support project. Cause didn't they, they did the color purple together, right? Yeah, they did that yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. They did, uh, 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 basically a small, what, what you might call a B level film that's one of our favorites. 
It's called um, the the hundred foot journey. And it, Never saw that. Never saw that. You gotta see that one. It's a really, really good movie. My mother probably saw it. She loves B movies. Yeah. Like, she's it, like it, this a fanatic. Is one of the best ones. This mm-hmm. is one of the best ones. And, and the two of them supported that one. And I think they basically just did it financially because everything was done by other people. You know, their yeah. names appear on screen, but you know, they basically just handed off the reins, which is the best possible way to do so. Yeah, stuff. outsource. You know, Work smarter, not harder. And the director they brought in, I can never remember his name, but he has such a creative way of directing. He creates, mm-hmm. he tells, I mean, a, a good director tells a story, right? Yes. That's mm-hmm. what a director does. He tells a story in a way that is, is Spielberg-like. Spielberg mm-hmm. really knew how to tell a story. I mean, he, he was a great storyteller while he was doing his primetime directing. Mm-hmm. And this guy has his own style. It's different from Spielberg's. Mm-hmm. But he really knows how to tell a story too. And, and you just get sucked into a story that, and by the way, he can tell a story that isn't about things blowing up. Ah, okay. <laughs> but he can tell a story that actually has a nice storyline to it mm-hmm. and it works, which is that's, that to me is the real art form when you can do that. Well, there are a bunch of um, black female directors that are up and coming right now and they are hot in the business uh-huh. like Ava DuVernay okay um, tell us, I, tell, I, I don't know who she is so tell us who, who these people um, are just, I, just name names here I'm trying to remember the most recent <clears throat> there I mean they're basically all black stories that are they're coming out oh oh she just did um when they see us, I think that's the name of it. It's the the Netflix uh, special about the uh, Central Park Five. Okay, all right. Yeah, so that's huge, you know, and and basically stories stories like that, and um, they're just they're just doing their thing right now, and pretty much. So I my my point was, wouldn't it be nice when Ava DuVernay is directing our <laughs> mini series? <laughs> no offense, PJ, just saying. <laughs> Wow. Well, actually, I'm not sure. Maybe not so much this series. Maybe the next series. I mean, because I don't see this being the only series. I don't know about oh, you. No, 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 no. It, yeah. It's going to be like The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe or, or Harry Potter or something. It's going to be like, <laughs> like it's, it's a series within the series. You know what I mean? Like, we'll probably have, like, Lana when she turns 16 and spin-offs. that whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, spinoffs and, and even new concepts. Yeah. You know, to me, that's, that's the really exciting part. I mean, I... One of the reasons I started doing this project was because I thought producing was actually going to be a pretty good thing. Mm-hmm. That was a good role for me because mm-hmm. that's behind the scenes management, basically. Right, right. And I can do that part. I, I really, I mean, I like doing the podcast. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I love doing the podcast, but I don't really see myself as a front man. Mm-hmm. I've just never been that kind of a person. Yeah. Um, whereas I'm happy to take people who do like to be the front man or the front woman and put them out front. <laughs> yeah. you know? And, and help them get some good script and help them get yep. some good direction mm-hmm. and, and put together a really good project. Yeah. Um, and, and plus, I do, on some level, I want to remake the way stories are told. Yes, yes. And we've talked about that quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because so much storytelling these days is focused on what we don't want. True. True. And that, that's my pet peeve. If, if I have one pet peeve in the world, it's all the stories, not all of them, but 99.9% of the stories are about things we don't want. Yeah, but you got to finish the story because then it gets to the point where, oh, okay. So the good ones do. The good ones, yes. But well, that's the only ones many, I'm looking at. <laughs> but there aren't that many good ones. I mean, literally, there are hundreds, thousands of movies put out every year. Do you like them all? Uh, No. <laughs> you like but the I, of them. But I'm a finicky watcher. Well, I think anybody with any kind of taste is going to be finicky. Yeah. You know, so I, I ask myself, of all the movies that come out every year, what percentage of them do I like? Mm-hmm. For me, it's a really small percentage. Let's just say it's less than 1%. Wow. It's a very small percentage. And why don't I like them? Because, well, they're bad. <laughs> they're just Tell them why you're mad, Walt. <laughs> no, but what I mean by that is they, they don't tell a story that leads you to a better place in most right. cases. Right, okay. I'm not saying that, ne- that none of them do. There are some that do. But the, the vast majority of them, I mean, I'll, I'll even pick one that I've never watched, but I know okay. very, very famous. I know enough about it to be dangerous. All right. Hold on. Let me buckle myself in. Hold on. Okay. 
Game of Thrones. From everything I've heard about Game of Thrones, there's no really redeeming feature that comes out of it. I'm, everybody dies. Everybody is killed off. It's like one death after another. It's like, what's the freaking point here? <laughs> <laughs> if you knew what was happening, you would see the law of attraction side of it. Oh, I don't doubt that there's a law of attraction side of it. Right. But it, it ends. Okay. The, the last season was horrible. However, for the character who ended up becoming king, he struggled. And we all know without struggle, there is no strength. And then at the end, he came out on top. So I have to give it to him. Okay. But and you got to get through all the garbage first. I do agree. <laughs> and, and what about all those others who came before him? <laughs> yep, they, they died. <laughs> so this is not exactly a happy story. This is a story that's sad, 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 happy. Well, see, that's why I like Supernatural, because people in Supernatural, they die, but they come back. <laughs> multiple times. Multiple times. <laughs> so we're mimicking what we know about source energy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it, look, it's all, it's all explained. It's all explained okay. in Supernatural. Okay. I'm telling you. you get it to the show. That, that, I could at least understand that one. That one, that one would yeah. make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but why don't you just watch, you know, one failure after another, one painful end after another. It's like, I've got better things to do with my time. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, really. And that's the way I look at it. So maybe I'm the happy ending person. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm the happy ending producer. Maybe that's what I like. I like happy Okay, ending. so maybe you should just stick to romantic comedies. Well, and... I don't even like most romantic comedies. Oh, God. What are we going to do? I, you mentioned. Maybe you, you should just turn the TV I off. <laughs> I have turned it off. <laughs> and for good reason. Oh my god. When they said pull the plug, they didn't mean literally, but okay. <laughs> Alex, you obviously have not heard the joke. There are a thousand channels on, on cable and there's still nothing on. Still nothing on, yeah. <laughs> that joke arose for a reason. Yes. <laughs> Because it's it's very stuff. true right now because we are in we are in fall hiatus, so <laughs> these summer shows are not cutting it. <laughs> yeah. and, and and I think there's a law somewhere that was written that said that when you don't even have new stuff being created, you have to play the worst of the stuff that was played before. Yes. Probably because it's cheapest. Yeah. It's like remember that really bad episode you all hated? That's what's on <laughs> tonight. <laughs> And we'll play it all week long. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, I promise man. you, that's not going to happen with the grass is greener because all of our it, episodes are be wonderful. No, not if we're both working on it because, you know. I, I can't promise that every episode is going to be wonderful. I hope it will be. I'm planning on it, but I can't promise that. It's, it's all in how you look at it. Well, it's true. You know? But it's, I, get, I can't it's guarantee how our listeners every, look at it. I mean, yes. listeners are looking at it different from the way we're looking at it. We well, no, that's what I meant by you. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we can guarantee there is there where there is growth. There, there is, is going to be growth for sure, and mm-hmm. I mean, you never really know when something's going to be a hit. Right. Well, I do. Well, you do, but yeah. that's because you know everything. Hello? <laughs> what I've been saying, let's start making the T-shirts, people. <laughs> so with that lovely thought in mind, oh, before we leave, I, I know that we're in hiatus, and I know I asked a couple days ago, but I should ask you now, are there any spoilers that people need to know about since you're not doing the spoiler alert podcast anymore? There is, but I'm not going to hurt the world by saying it because I found out this morning who the Bachelorette picks and whether or whether or not it works out. And I was upset, so I'm not going to do the same thing to people. I think we have actually experienced ethics here on the show. <laughs> no, it's my first attempt at empathy. So, okay. <laughs> I'm not used to, my brain's not wired that way, so this is new for me. This is new territory. Well, you're just proving our point that, you know, we keep growing in life. You've reached, what, 35, 36, and you've decided to go to empathy. That's good. I'm glad. Well, good to I'm know. not saying it's going to be a permanent situation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying this is today's Alex's problem, okay? Tomorrow, Alex is a whole nother ball of wax. Got it. Okay. All right. Well, with that thought in mind, we'll, we'll leave it right there. There yep. will be more to come because we're, we're going to be announcing the release of this sometime in the next couple of weeks, I think. Bum, bum, bum. 
Uh, so you want to stay tuned for that. Make sure that you're subscribed, by the way, if you're not yet subscribed, so you can get that announcement about when we are releasing. Subscribe everywhere. First episode. So stay tuned for that. But thank you very much for uh, sharing your story because I didn't know that backstory. That was very good. I know, right? Yeah. I thought so, you'd appreciate it and this, the fans too. So this goes on to, you know, to the, the future equivalent of the DVD. I don't know what that equivalent is where you have the making of. This is part yep. of the making of. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you to our podcast listeners as well. We will see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody.